0: By the time you hear this podcast, maybe together we can solve the mystery of the $8 bottled water.
1: I'm going black!
0: We are live. <laughs> live like Ray J. Anyway, um, <laughs> welcome to the By the Time You Hear This podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're back with another episode on this nice, crisp fall Friday evening. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully the song will give you a clue if you haven't, you know, if you don't follow us on Instagram or you know, or follow our page on Facebook, they'll give you a clue as to what as to what we are talking about. Also, if you haven't read the description of the episode, which you will see this post <laughs> on iTunes, <it's> automatic. <laughs> you know, um, if you want the suspense, that gives you a clue as to what we'll be talking about tonight. Um, But as is our format for our show. um, Well, I'll just let you know this first. I, I I like to get very inside baseball sometimes. when we're doing, uh, in in doing these podcasts, yeah, get like um, inside baseball, inside baseball You never heard that term? Mm-mm. You get inside Mm-mm. baseball. You know how like they're all the 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 stats, mm-hmm. and you can like kind of make stats fit some kind of narrative. Ah, yes, okay. Yeah. Or you can get very. You see, little big league. Yes, remember the announcer would say like, "That's the fifth straight oh, yeah. win." <laughs> versus a versus a team on the road on a whose Tuesday. home teams are not played in a dome on a Tuesday. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, uh, with this episode, uh, Hey, look, we have lives outside of this podcast, right? hmm. Um, we made a decision of what our topic would be. And then other things happened to where we could not <laughs> prep as much as we would have liked. <laughs> um, and I know that I know Ben does more show prep than, than I do. Uh, I just kind of improvise and then maybe <laughs> I come up with ideas during the process of recording. So, um, bear with us. We're yeah. going to power through this. Oh yeah. Uh, probably going off what we remember more than what actually happened. Um, but like with this podcast and, and even with the other topics, it's going to be how certain events have affected our lives. Um, and what we remember about them and what we thought about at the time. And then, you know, kind of looking back and, and, um, visiting, um, what, what our perspectives may have been then versus now, like, do we still feel the same Mm -hmm. or when, you know, what do we think when we learn new things, that kind of thing. Um, so I still didn't give away what we were talking about yet for people who still want that suspense. So uh, uh, just to let you know, you know, that's that's kind of how we do this show. All right. They'll, so, fi- they'll find out soon enough what yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 Keep listening. So um, as is customary, we talk about some things going on in music. Not a lot happened this week that really interested us. Yeah. Uh, there were... <laughs> There are a couple of things that were pretty bizarre. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> oh God,
2: it's so bizarre, bizarre
0: kind of describes it, but I don't know, maybe something else. Um, but we'll start off with some some history making news. Uh, a lot of people have been um, praising Solange and her new album, A Seat yeah. at the Table. I need to check it out. Have you checked it out yet? I've listened to a couple of songs. I haven't gotten all the way through it. Um, I know a couple of, of tracks that, um, people have pointed out is don't touch my hair, which, um, I will make it apply to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear you talk about that the, a lot. The title actually. can apply to me. <laughs> um, I don't like it, but it's, it's a, um, it's kind of a, a story that goes, goes along with the song. So it's more than just that, but, um, you know, it's, uh, A lot of the songs are about, you know, um, uh, personal growth and empowerment and it's a, you know, how life's a journey and all that. Uh, so it's, it is definitely worth listening to and I think people, um, you know, it's kind of the, uh, the opposite of what Beyonce does. This is like Beyonce comes out with, she just has a lot of material coming out, uh, in a very short period of time. I think for Solange, this is her third full length album. Yeah. I don't think she's done very much. (laughs) Um, So with her, uh, I don't know if it's like taking her time or, or being a perfectionist or, you know, however, however you, um, however she does it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that uh, there's a different kind of appreciation for someone who um who takes their time with putting a project together and yeah you're right that's their third and 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 it's one of those like you know similar to beyonce it just dropped out of the sky yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh i i'm always cool with that you know um the lead up to an album you know and uh versus it being unexpected i'm okay with it being unexpected yeah uh and uh, that makes it that makes it more fun to me. Um, but with her new album, debuting at number one on the Billboard Hot 200 albums. I don't know if that's the real name, but <laughs> um, it debuts at number one. So she is now part of the third set of siblings. Oh, God, <laughs> To I told Ben who the other two sets of siblings were. Uh, she becomes part of the third set of siblings to have a, an album uh debut at number 1 like you know the week of its release um the first was Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson I don't know which ones but I I believe it I mean very respectable <laughs> duo you know yes uh the second duo oh god <laughs> <laughs> the second oh. duo uh sibling uh set of siblings is Master P and Silk the Shocker mm mm-hmm. Now Master P having a number one album. I can understand. But I I do I do understand. Like middle school, yeah. high school for us, Master P was on top of the world. Yeah. But I don't know any songs by Silk the Shocker. Me I wasn't either. listening to rap that much at that age. I know of Silk the Shocker. I always thought he was terrible. Oh he is.
2: <laughs> um with the two K's in his name. <laughs> and the
0: The off beatenness of... Yeah, my assumption uh, would be
2: it's Charge It to the Game, which... Let me see. Yeah, it was Charge It to the Game that debuted at number one.
0: Wow, Charge It to the Game. So there you go.
2: Uh, Just Be Straight With Me was the uh, lead. Okay, so It Ain't My Fault was also
0: a single. that was his song. I did not realize that. I thought that was a mystical track. Okay. So well that helped it along. Yeah. In that the last probably days did. of a lead single helping an album to do well.
2: Yeah.
0: Um but yeah, Silk the Shocker, Master P, <laughs> Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, Beyonce Solange. Rare Company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, some other interesting news that uh that I heard about I don't I I wasn't sure like what it was for, I thought it was for like, oh, did he make an album and people paid attention to the lyrics more or did he write a book um, that was that great? I mean, as a songwriter, he's one of the uh, more critically acclaimed and respected and hipsters like to quote him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bob Dylan can now add Nobel Prize winner mm-hmm. to his resume and um yeah this is different yeah this is
2: (laughs) if you're at a loss for words he is the first songwriter to win this award um and i don't know i mean he's he's got such a he's got a rich history you know really kind of as a folk artist um and as a lyricist um maybe not so much as a musician but really as a writer so i mean i don't know a lot of people see this kind of as as a um as the uh, the Swedish Academy kind of just maybe trying to move forward. I, I don't know. I've heard some people saying, you know, Leonard Cohen might deserve it more, uh, which is, you know. Oh, so is this an award like, is it for his body of work? I believe so. Everything that I can find kind of um, points to it being kind of like a life. I don't know if he's released anything recently, but it seems like this just might be a Like a really, really, really good lifetime achievement award. (laughs) Yeah. I can't see anything else. So Okay, so
0: it was for his it was for his his work over his entire career. (laughs) It seems like. Uh which is impressive. I mean he's got a impressive catalog. Yeah. I mean normally it's for someone who's written, you know, uh a, a book. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's normally reserved for books. I mean, that's that's just been the tradition. So they yeah. so uh, with the committee or whoever, you know, voted on this, uh, they went in a little different direction and they thought, well, let's honor someone whose body of work uh, is worthy of this kind of recognition. Yeah. Um, And also what's what's interesting is that uh, with other he can. I don't I don't know if there's a list of people who have also won an Academy Award mm-hmm. and a Pulitzer Prize and a Nobel Prize for Literature. <laughs> yeah. But now uh Bob Dylan is on that list. Yeah. <laughs> so that I did yeah. not know. I've never I'm
2: not gonna gonna like claim to be a huge Bob Dylan fan. A lot of respect for him. Um, there's a few songs of his I like, but all in all I would not consider myself a Bob Dylan expert.
0: I'm I'm not, uh either. Uh the things I can tell you with Bob Dylan is um Okay. There was a movie about him in which like nine different people played him. And they, the only person who even remotely looked like him was a woman. Yeah. (laughs) I'm talking about the movie. I'm not there. Um, (laughs) And there was an episode of the cheesiest detective show of all time uh, called cold case. It was on CBS. And the only thing that made it not so cheesy or it was main appeal was that since they're looking at, it was a, you know, a, a crime procedural, yeah. you know, but they look at older cases from years ago. And when they talk to witnesses or people involved in the case, they do these flashback scenes, uh, which means that it costs a lot to produce the show, which mm-hmm. is probably part of the reason it was eventually canceled. <laughs> um, Uh, But then also along with having the flashbacks with and then being with the sets and the costumes and everything being period specific, you're also going to have music from that particular era. Mm -hmm. So uh, and then in some cases uh, they have like okay, we have this episode about this, but all the music is going to be by this one artist for the episode. I think I've seen a couple like that. Yeah. And one, one that cold case did was with Bob Dylan. Okay. I think it was an episode about, um, some people who were, um, like there was a, a house that blew up. And then it turns out that a bunch of friends from college who got involved in some, uh, I think it was based on like the C beneath liberation army, mm-hmm. something like that. But you know, with the uh, um, in the sixties with college students um, running off to be in that. Yeah. Um, and fighting the law and, you know, being like a bit of an anarchist kind of thing. Um, and then they reunite a few years later. You yeah. try to figure out what they're going to do because maybe the government is coming after them. Uh, it was, it was, it had that plot line mm-hmm. and it looked like the the movie, The Big Chill, <laughs> which is about <laughs> college roommates reuniting. Um, And then it was all the, the soundtrack was, it was all it's Bob Dylan, Dylan songs. So. That's my Bob Dylan contribution for this particular topic. Yeah, and here it
2: says, um, for having created new poetic expressions within the great American song tradition. That was the reason for giving it to him. So, yeah, it was basically a lifetime achievement award um, in the category of poetry and songwriting. That's what it says it was given to him for. So
0: um, that was different. (laughs) That was different. All right. So it's definitely uh, appreciated. Um, Well, just like I said, we may come up with ideas as we are talking. And that brings up this question for me. Is there any songwriter who, you know, if this were, I don't know how often this would happen yeah, as far as uh, someone like Bob Dylan receiving the award, just based on like the kind of work that they have done, Mm -hmm. not necessarily for, this person wrote this great book. Yeah. But what, what songwriter do you think could, um, could receive a Nobel prize for literature someday? Man.
2: if there, if there Across, would be uh, like, uh, the yeah. any,
0: anybody mm-hmm. ever,
2: I mean, I guess maybe if you were still alive, maybe Tupac because of his, because I mean like rap in itself is, is, is poetry is literature. Um, and you would want to take somebody who maybe did it not only at its highest level, but also was very descriptive and was actually, cause I mean, like some, I know some people are like, Oh, why not Eminem? Well, Eminem wasn't, or at least in my opinion, Eminem wasn't writing about what was going on in a specific area. Eminem was just kind of writing very introspective lyrics, if anything, um, tupac did that but then he also kind of wrote about what was going on like he was he was almost kind of like um uh eminem meets nwa like he was able to rap about introspectiveness but then he was also able to rap about what he was seeing out in the world out in the streets um so i could see him doing that maybe learned to cohen um but you don't have a lot of songwriters out there pure songwriters who are really good lyricists like a lot of people write to the melody whereas bob dylan never really struck me as somebody that wrote to the melody he was always lyrics first melody second and that's why i think in some cases um i don't think he was as big as he maybe i mean he's big but like he'll never be um i don't think he'll ever be as big as maybe like the rolling stones or he probably won't be as big as a um, as Les Zeppelin. Not saying that you know you can compare those two, but music wise, songwriting wise, he wasn't writing to the melody. He was writing real lyrics, and as is how it goes, kind of in folk. Maybe even Joni Mitchell. I could maybe see her because she was kind of that type of writer as well, very poetic. Um, I think a little bit more melodic than um, I would maybe say more a little bit more melodic than Bob Dylan. Um, but yeah, maybe those people. I can't think off the top of my head right now. I mean, it'd have to be somebody
0: who's a folk songwriter, I think, that focuses more on lyrics than melody. Yeah, that may be the thing to where it's a focus on lyrics mm-hmm. um, rather than the songs themselves. Yeah, I mean, if the if the song becomes uh, popular, I'm not. I don't want to say like a hit or anything like that, but yeah, it would help. But
2: I, mean, I like, think there's
0: gonna there's gonna be a focus on lyrics. Like with Bob Dylan, he's telling um he was a he's a poet first. Yeah, he's a song, he was a storyteller too. Poet storyteller, yeah, musician. Uh, you know, he wrote protest songs. Mm-hmm. Um he wrote about um the being anti war, the civil rights movement of the sixties. He yeah. talked about uh drug culture he talked yeah. about um uh, uh well he talked he was he talked about you know a possible well it it eventually was an injustice you know with the song the hurricane yeah. about Reuben Carter so uh yeah he's a a storyteller um he used history he used literary like like other books to inspire mm-hmm. his lyrics referencing uh, political figures uh so he used the world used the world around him and used what you know used what we learned in, in school you know maybe yeah. people can learn about their their history and learn about their country or learn about other things through his songs mhm
2: i mean if anyone did it it would have to be in my opinion somebody if you're going to take a singer songwriter, it has to be somebody who's deeply entrenched in folk music, maybe a Neil Young. I I, I wouldn't even say a, a Bruce Springsteen who I, I respect Bruce Springsteen very much and think he's a great writer, but I don't even think someone like him, like it'd have to be somebody who's really folk, who's really out there using their music to tell literal stories. I mean, like if you think about all on the watchtower, which was, you know, covered by, has been covered by everyone most famously by Jimi Hendrix, that's a straight story. It rhymes. <laughs> it's a poem, but it's a straight story. Just talking about prisoners in
0: a prison, like, in what, like all along, like it's, yeah. So, uh, it would have to be someone not necessarily just with folk music. Um, and maybe not necessarily just hip hop, but because I think in every genre, there's someone who tells, Who's who's telling a story in all of their mm-hmm. songs. But are they as cohesive? Well, it, if you're it's going to be difficult to find someone who <laughs> could be as cohesive and consistent as Bob Dylan. Yeah. But maybe that person's out there or maybe we just haven't seen that person yet.
2: Because, I mean, John Mayer is not winning. <laughs> a Nobel not prize. A
0: I thought I thought, well, maybe maybe Stevie Wonder. I could see him,
2: maybe. Cause I mean, uh, uh, living for the city is pretty
0: is a good story. He's got songs he's, like so, that. but basically we're like, you know, over the many albums he's created, we're kind of like, we're if it were to try to fit whatever they may have done to select Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. we're kind of limiting Stevie Wonder to like Just four learns. albums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for those kind of lyrics a
2: part-time lovers not making it you know
0: <laughs> i just called to say i love, love you. you is it gonna get in there <laughs> i don't think so no <laughs> all right uh so uh congratulations to bob dylan uh now this other topic that we just discussed before we got into and I'm getting text messages
2: just like what is this
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's really the only question you could ask like what is this I don't understand what I am seeing so a few weeks ago and we didn't talk about it then um, but a few weeks ago um, an artist appeared on the today show which is a long running television program on NBC that comes on in the mornings. And, you know, sometimes there are musical guests,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, someone with their new song, someone who's very popular. Um, I I'm still wondering how this particular artist got a performance <laughs> on the today show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cause it's still watched by many people around the world if not just America. yeah. But. So, of course, I'm talking about Corey Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> so, a few weeks ago, Corey Feldman, uh, he has an album coming out. Uh, like, Corey Feldman, like, is, he's doing music now? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, or some of you may be saying Corey Feldman's still alive. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he has an album coming out, and or it's already out. And he did a song called "Go for It," featuring Doc Ice, who apparently everyone at the Today show knew who that was. The <laughs> other make sure too that you mentioned
2: is "Go for, go oh, at the number four. four, the number four, and then it."
0: You know why he used the number four right? Why? Because he's urban. oh God, <laughs> that's the rule, just like with our email address <laughs> you if you could replace. The word with a single letter or number. Oh, God. You are urban. Oh, God. Remember, that's the rule, children. Okay. So, so he goes with the day show. It does this song, Go For It, with the number four. And it's just like like, that text message. What is this? (laughs) Yeah, it was. We don't know. I, I still don't understand what I was watching. It was part dubstep, part techno. I um, felt worse I, for the I girls know. playing the instruments
2: because it it's, Corey, it's Corey Feldman and the Angels. Yeah. And it's just like four women, dre- well, I think three or four women dressed as Angels playing instruments. And I felt bad for them because they're probably serious musicians and they just want their break. They're just trying to make money doing what they do. You know? Serious Okay, well, the guitar player in that second video didn't sound serious. Um, and there were some parts where they were kind of off. That might be rehearsal. They just they're not practicing enough. But like I felt bad for them. I'm like they're out there probably just trying to get their big break, and someone's like, "Hey, you know Corey Feldman wants you to play with them." They look really young, so they probably said, "Who?" <laughs> That's probably their first response. Like, who's
0: Corey Feldman? It was advertised for on like Craigslist?
2: <laughs> like former <laughs> child star looking for people <laughs> to participate. Former child
0: star needs backing band.
2: Uh, it's just it, it's so bad and so I just I felt kind of bad for them that they're just trying to get they're just trying to pay their bills that's all they're trying to do
0: uh, we would be remiss without playing like what uh, part of this Um, Oof. what makes it worse is
2: he can't sing like some of these songs might be decent if he could sing but it's like insult to injury that he can't sing. And then the songs are bad. The performances are bad. I mean, he looks like he blew a gasket. Like, it's just, I don't know.
0: It looks like he's in a, now in the first one, he's wearing a, like a, it's a black hoodie. <laughs> Look, it was custom made. It looks like, I mean, or no, you know what? It looks like, it looks like, um, uh something that might have been on Yeezy season or something. is one of those hoodies. If I find that Kanye West is backing this. whole
3: theme of the album is good versus
0: evil. This <laughs> is from the this is the first performance. So. Angelic and if you look actually at the artwork on the album you'll um, see that it's me to out and what's interesting about and this. This and is when Billy doing Bush doing was still on the, the show. <laughs> <with> the <concept laughs> Remember those days? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, well, probably well, he's he's been suspended. He wasn't fired, yeah. but all right. I'm going to skip forward to the song. He was one of the
2: teenage. He was one of the Ninja Turtles, right? Corey Feldman.
0: He was the voice of one. Of them. The voice of one of
2: them. Yeah. I can't or was he in costume
0: for one of them? He
2: I don't remember. I know he was one stories. or the other. But because as I'm hearing him talk, I can hear it. I can hear the Ninja Turtles. Yeah
0: well he was he was the voice of one of them definitely yeah i'm gonna look that up i don't know if it was the same actors that who did the voice also were in costume uh, yeah it's kind of a
2: similar style of dance because some people think this is dubstep i don't
0: um i know it's it's a little bit, bit.
2: it's crap step
0: <laughs> and billy bush said it's about to go down he, that means he had not heard the song at all okay he was Could Donatello. okay Billy Bush did not hear the song at all
2: and if you get a chance to look this up on YouTube because the the, the I feel like the audio can only do so much justice
0: yeah it's yeah, you gotta see the the, the visual with this. Yeah. yeah, he can't sing. Okay, now with this setup, he's got a keyboard player. Yeah. Guitar, bass and turntables. Yeah. <laughs> not a not a, a drummer.
2: Yeah, I I hope he didn't write this either. This is pretty bad.
0: I want to get to the rap part. The Doc doc Ice. The Doc Ice? The Doc Ice.
2: You didn't tell me that Doc Ice was going to be in this one. (laughs) (laughs) And Doc Ice comes out dressed like somebody's uncle. Like... (laughs) He's wearing like a Kango hat and a vest and a je- and a yeah he's just Sook like some, shirt. he's just like somebody's uncle who just who's going to the club
0: somebody's middle-aged uncle yeah
2: he's like yeah I'm gonna this club I'm a hit, I'm gonna get these girls yeah doc ice is the reason a lot of women are afraid to go to the grocery store by themselves <laughs> people like doc ice so sad And I'll I'll try to describe what I saw here as in um for well basically this whole video, Corey Feldman's trying to do his like best Michael Jackson impression. Even though he's see, saying
0: he, Billy Bush, he told me Doc Ice was coming out here. Like Yeah, where do you know Doc Ice from Man.
2: Yeah, he's he's out there trying to do his best his best Michael Jackson impression, even though he's like,
0: Oh, you won't
2: see many Michael Jackson moves. You're right, Michael Jackson was a much better dancer than you. You're right. You dishonor his memory. <laughs> Cut your hair, man. <laughs> <laughs> he got long—he's got long hair with like one little strand coming down the front of his face, like Michael Jackson did in the way you make me feel video. Like he's just—he's trying so hard. Next thing you know, he's gonna be coming out with a blue shirt tied up in some loafers. Like that's—that's that's gonna be Corey Haim. He's gonna get a glove. Oh, oh, God! I just—I'm sorry, Corey Haim. Corey Haim's dead, is he? Yeah. Yeah. Rest he, in peace, man. He, he's no longer with us. Oh God, he's torturing us again. This is the one for America.
0: <laughs> this is pretty bad too. Now this, he's got. He had like four four girls in his band. Uh, now he's got a guitar player, keyboard player. Okay, he has two guitar players. So there's a lead <laughs> and a rhythm. If you, you want to get that right, that. <laughs> if you want to call them that, she tried. She
2: plays a lead. And it might be the worst lead I've ever heard. Worse than CC DeVille? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's, oh. wow! But he's doing his best, uh, Brett Michaels. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Does this sound like a song Poison may have written? Well, he just For sounds that like he's, Native Tongue album.
2: He sounds like he's singing. He sings like him because he's like trying to force it out. He's trying to
0: sound edgy and gritty, and it's just like it just sounds bad. Like it's. May, do you think maybe it's because it was live? Maybe he's not, maybe he hasn't done many live performances. Maybe in the studio it sounds better. I don't know how much well, better, sounds but better it may sound studio. better.
2: <laughs> Every singer sounds better in the studio. They can doll you up, yeah.
0: Let me see if this album's on Spotify. Yeah,
2: the get up off the ground part where it's just like him and the bass player, like the bass tone sounds awful. Yeah. They sound off here like. They've never heard of a click. (laughs) Like, what's a metronome?
0: Yeah, Uh, I got to do it, man. I don't know what is the album on Spotify. Yes. Oh, snap. Uh, This is actually his third album. Oh, boy. His first one came out in 1994 called Love Left. And the second one came out in 2002 called Former Child Actor. So he's aware. He's self-aware. He knows this is a joke. <laughs> so this was the second song. ISIS posted a new message on Twitter overnight calling on sympathizers to strike the soldiers, strike their police. This is from 2002. Oh no, this is from the new album. This is like, the, the he, song he did on it's the like Today he predicted show. predicted
1: Twitter. video Oh, is this the America
0: song? Okay, yeah, it's the song for America. Um Angelic to the core is the name of the album. So with that intro, uh, what? It's a double album.
2: (laughs) He had a lot to say. (laughs) And this intro is is very Kenny G-esque. Yeah, see, still sounds bad. (laughs) these lyrics are awful too like he's like some of it sounds like he's trying to go like Scott Stapp I was missing from the performance that wah no, that was not the same bass player that was playing live wait for the
1: baseball the no backing vocals and from anyone else they
2: just doubled his i guess so
1: <laughs>
2: yeah he's just mm-hmm. all right
0: <laughs>
2: and secretly i'm gonna go home and listen to that song tonight and just mm-hmm. jam like jump around my living
0: room <laughs> we need a Boyce avenue cover of uh, that song
2: oh I should we should message them (laughs) see if they'll
0: cover it uh okay um trying to think if there's any other music worthy well I mean that technically wasn't worthy it was just very funny (laughs) well we had to have there wasn't a whole lot that's what that means with us even bringing it up uh but that second performance the take a stand, the song for America. That was yesterday as of this recording, that was yesterday. So did he, oh, he did it, that yesterday. Yeah, that was on, he was on the today show again. Oh God. And I wonder if he was disappointed that Billy Bush was not there in the studio to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, like,
2: tell him I didn't bring doc ice this time, but I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> um. Okay. Well, one thing that we could look at before we, um, going to our next topic is Madonna was named Billboard's 2016 Woman of the Year. I know yeah. that you you saw that. That's uh, weird. I, I don't even know what to think of that.
2: I mean, like, she didn't really do much this year. They said her tour wrapped and she sold a lot of... It, like, it grossed, like, $1.31 But I don't know if that's enough to make you woman Woman of the Year. Like, what else did you do?
0: Just with touring? I mean... I mean, that's a impressive. billion grossing tour.
2: Don't get me wrong. That's impressive. But like, what did you do to stay relevant? Like you toured. Did you put out a record? Did you, did you go diamond? Did you, I mean, like, like why not Beyonce? Why not Adele? Why not Katy Perry? Other people have done better things this year that were a little bit, you know, I, I don't know. That's just my opinion. I would have given it to her. That kind of came out of left field. I think it came out of left field to a lot of people.
0: Well, I think, um, oh, wait, hold on. The, her total touring for her career is 1.31 billion. So
2: it wasn't even that, it wasn't even that tour, the Rebel Heart tour.
0: Rebel Heart tour uh, sold more than a million tickets and made over 170 million. That sounds more like it. Okay. Uh, Could that... I we probably would have heard about this if it was just that billion, tour. Yeah. One point three one billion. I never even listened to the album. <laughs> it's not that great. <laughs> um I saw that article on this from Billboard.com right under that that Beyonce's formation tour, two million tickets, two hundred and fifty million. Not bad. So um so she didn't even have the biggest tour of the year. <laughs> they gave it to her. But I think they added in that uh, her tribute to Prince, which I thought, would, had mixed reviews. She's a tribute to Prince at the Billboard Music Awards. No, I'm not. She sang, um "Nothing Compares to You," but what people didn't like is it sounded just like the Sinead O'Connor version.
2: But she can't sing, so how did it sound like? <laughs> just and for the people listening, Madonna's not a great singer. She she just sings. She she's.
0: she's, Is she a great well? I don't know if she really
2: writes anything. Um, I mean, she's. Well, she got writing credits. Like she's a step below Britney (laughs) Spears as a singer. Like, and I don't mean to insult Madonna like that because I am a big Madonna fan, but Madonna is not a great singer. Let's just be real about that.
0: She's a performer. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Mm Um. What else did they add on here? That uh okay, the tribute to Prince uh, her appearance at the Met gala, all right, so uh Ben and I live in georgia okay <laughs> i don't I don't know anything about this Met gala, I don't know what it is, I don't know what the big deal is. I do
2: hear about it a lot though,
0: I see pictures on Twitter and seeing people uh dressed up to go there, and what they wear is is important or. It's a it's a big. It just seems like yeah, this fancy, really, really fancy party
1: <laughs>
0: that you get really, really dressed up for. It's like going to the Oscars, but there's no ceremony. It's just a party. And if you wear the wrong dress, you will get made you fun will of. get clowned. Yes, hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so I I I don't get it with the Met Gala, and I mean you. Since, you know, we have no real interaction with our podcast yet, you know, if you want to email us or hit us up on our Facebook or Instagram and tell us about the Met Gala, by all means. I mean, I'm willing to be educated about this, but as I'm just saying right now, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know (laughs) if I care to get it. (laughs) I guess maybe if I was a famous celebrity,
2: they got invited to the Met Gala. I'd probably just wear a tux, but, you know,
0: um. And uh, okay, and she had some commentary on the 2016 election. Okay, I guess not to get to. I don't want to get political at all here, but Mm -hmm. if you're speaking out against one candidate or the other, and you're a celebrity, it's kind of like. I don't know, you're kinda of just like lumped in with with everybody else who agrees or disagrees because you're everyone's either hardcore mm-hmm. one way or the other. We don't mm-hmm. have a lot of Ken Bones out here who are legitimately <laughs> undecided. undecided. <laughs> okay. Um which I can't appreciate. And that's why I think like he became like a star overnight. Yeah. Um
2: God, that's what that's what social media does now, man. Yeah. It's and insane. like he is
0: legit undecided and With your friends, you know, you see those Facebook statuses like go to Donald Trump's page and see how many of your friends like his Facebook page, you know, everybody's on one side or the other. But if you are like, I I don't I don't care what the what the celebrities think about the election anymore. (sighs) Yeah. At least not with this one. No. Um, but I've just never been that kind of person to that my vote hinges on. Uh Jaw Rule. What Jaw Rule says. <laughs> Some of you will get that. <laughs> um But yeah, she won Woman of the Year. Like I don't I don't know. She's gonna be honored at the women in music uh event in December, and it's airing on Lifetime. <laughs> well that lets me know how important it is.
2: No offense. No offense to Lifetime. No offense.
0: <laughs> um speaking of lifetime. This will be an upcoming episode uh, because uh, we I, I didn't want to get to do too many movies as a topic on this oh, show yeah. that had the but If we we're going to do movies, it was going to be something that um, I mean, it had to be music based. Yeah. Uh, so um, I avoided watching Straight Outta Compton. I watched it like two weeks ago. Uh, um, uh, okay. Uh, well, they have a movie. That's all I am <laughs> say about straight NWA has a movie about them. That's all I am going to say about it. Um, but what uh, as of this recording is coming out on October fifteenth? The a uh, lifetime movie. About um Lay's side of the story mm-hmm. and how she came, how she came up. She was Ruthless Records' first female artist, and her relationship with Dr. Dre and Suge Knight. And for people who saw Straight Outta Compton, um Lay did not appear. Uh, there was so. no Misha yeah. character or reference in the film. So there was a lot of stuff missing with Straight Outta Compton. Uh, yeah, the more I read, the more I'm finding that out. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot. And, you know, Dr. Dre was portrayed a certain way in Straight Outta Compton and a completely different way in the Michelet mm-hmm. movie. And I think he's suing her. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, because of his portrayal.
2: He's got the billions to do it now.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, like it's Apple going, Apple's not going to take the money back. They're not going to ask for the money back. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. but whatever people got to buy these headphones. (laughs) Um, so down the line, I know at the, the Michelet movie comes out tomorrow, but I know that'll be a future episode, uh, where we kind of look at both, Mm -hmm. both films. Um, and I, I just thought of that because I saw that <laughs> the Wivety music is gonna air in Lifetime, so I know Lifetime is doing that movie. Um They've been doing a lot of those. Have they?
2: Lifetime. I haven't really paid
0: attention to what they've been doing. They did one on they did a Whitney Houston one. Did
2: they really? Yeah. Oh
0: God. And they did an Aaliyah one. I knew I remember the Aaliyah was in Everyone diet. trashed. Yeah. <laughs> uh the the woman who the actress who played Missy Elliott was like really skinny. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, it was just, yeah. yeah, there was a lot of things wrong with it. And no one, no, like, no one even looked even, like, not even close as far as looking like the, like, we're not expecting like twins, yeah. doppelgangers as far as these biopics, but at least, like, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I enjoyed the temptations and like when how we talked about how, you know, too, short, too tall. <laughs> this guy was really he towered over everybody, but this guy was the tallest one. And in the movie, he's the shortest one. So you know, we're not we're not expecting uh exactness, but at least close. Yeah. A little close. <laughs> if it takes a little makeup. I mean not like Zoe Saldana playing Nina Simone, but close. <laughs> <laughs> Um so yeah. Uh yeah, li Life, lifetime is they they're trying to crank these out, man. Um And they Lifetime used to do movies where it was something we've never nobody we've even heard of or just mm. they just had a story and then Lifetime made a movie out of it. Oh
2: but the uh He got <laughs> <that>, too hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, not not made. that's not funny. That's not funny. But someone's always getting beat up in Lifetime movies. Let's just be real. That's
0: how it was. Well, actually, that's kind of still how it is. But it's the famous people now. Oh, man. There's going to be a Rihanna movie. Probably like 15 years from now. But there's going to be one on Lifetime. It's going to be the unauthorized Rihanna autobiography. The Rihanna biography. Completely unauthorized. Um. And it will be like some The, the bodyguards going to leak something. Yeah.
2: Cause I'm like, how did he get the story? But yeah, I could see that.
0: Yeah. I mean, they kind of parried it. Well, not parody, but they, um, paralleled it with on a, um, a law and order SVU episode. Oh, was, that was a good episode. That was very good. The guy who, who was the Chris Brown character. He looked like razor on Rondo, <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> but anyway. Okay. So, Let's get to let's get to your earworm of the week, Ben.
2: Okay, okay. This actually became my earworm today because I've listened to it many times. Um it's Renegade by Sticks.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I know, right? It's that intro has been in my head like I I don't know why. I I is I was like walking around work singing it and my staff is so young and black they had no clue to what <laughs> So they're just like, what has it been singing?
0: Yeah. All right. So Renegade. Let's see what albums came off. of. I do not remember. I think I found it on the greatest hits uh, pieces of eight album from 1978. I went to their Spotify page. And it's actually their like most popular song yeah. as of this week.
2: I didn't know it was that old. I thought it was in the eighties, but huh. yeah, close enough.
0: Yeah. All right. So, this is Renegade by Sticks. If it will pause for me just for a second. Okay. Renegade by Sticks. And we'll be right back. Oh, Mama, I'm in fear for
1: my life from the long arm of the law lawman is put an end to my running and i'm so far from my home oh mama i can hear you are crying you're so scared and all alone hangman is coming down from the gallows and i don't have very long
0: We are back. That is Sticks. Sticks is Renegade from the album Pieces of Eight. Um, I didn't really recall the beginning of that song, but once the the song came in, uh, I remember the song from Billy Madison. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you guys check that out. And that will be, of course, on our b t t y h t earworms playlist which you can find on spotify all right so we started the podcast with the live version of ba with the ba with excuse mm-hmm. me it's a d yeah ba with the by kid rock from woodstock ninety nine the woodstock ninety nine album that is the incomparable Kid Rock. Back when um, uh, it was a different time. Yeah, it really was. You know, when Kid Rock was a rapper,
2: yeah. not, a, not a a rapper from a Detroit, southern rock a artist, a rapper
0: from Detroit,
2: Bob, Bob from Detroit,
0: Bob from Detroit, spit bars.
2: <laughs> he did, man. He was yes. He, I remember he he guessed it on a uh, Methods of Mayhem song. <laughs> Like, he was a featured rapper. Like, he just... Yeah, Bob from Detroit used to spit bars, man. Yeah, that's how he got down.
0: It was a different time. Mm-hmm. Um, and act, and his, and that style of music was... It was the style of the moment.
2: Yeah, rap like,
0: rock was everywhere, man. Kind of like now... Um, and finding out what the actual name of the genre is, Tropical House, <laughs> being, <laughs> <laughs> being on... A lot of songs today, rap, rock or new metal, but new metal spelled in you mm-hmm. dash metal. That was the style of the moment. And it kind of um, this was this was this was the shining moment or the burning moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Woodstock 99. Uh, this was the third Woodstock Festival. Mm hmm. Uh, the first one, 1969, of course, which um, has gained a certain status over time. Yeah, I don't think it it wasn't like it wasn't like advertised as it was or, you know, it was people were talking about it so much yeah. uh, right after the fact, just over time. You looking like wow all these bands played here yeah and there was some concert footage you know there's a documentary on it uh, so that that beca- that had a status that be for what it was you know when you hear Woodstock you think of the first one mm-hmm. and you know it, it you you identify it right away just with that word yeah uh the second Woodstock. In ninety four was the like anniversary. The twenty fifth anniversary. And um trying to find it.
2: And now that you mentioned that, that makes you wonder are they just were they just trying to recreate something so much so larger than life to kind of live up to the legend of Woodstock because it seems like now just like when it's brought up, it's almost kind of like, man, that was the greatest rock festival ever. Um, was it? You know, like, I guess, yeah, there were a ton of, you know, musical acts that played there, but are we chasing the pink elephant? <laughs> were they chasing <laughs> the pink elephant with that one?
0: With Woodstock 94. Or even Woodstock 99 with both of them. Well, yeah, Well, I guess trying to, because at that time, by 1994, mm-hmm. Woods, the first Woodstock had, had that, like, that Tremendous mm-hmm. status yeah, of what a it was like the greatest rock festival of all time. Yeah. And even though it probably was attended by like fifty thousand people or yeah. something like that, you'll probably meet a million people that say they were it, there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was one of those kind of things. It's kinda of like the the Wilt Chamberlain scoring a hundred points. Yeah. It wasn't on T was V. On <laughs> he said it was only like eight thousand people, but like 100,000 people said, hey, I was at that game, you know, (laughs) Um, but I think with the 94 Woodstock, I think it was just to like, let's celebrate this. Yeah. You know, this was this was a great, um, you know, this was a great festival and it had all these great acts and, you know, and it was just just the festival you know you know doing you know peace and music you know that we're <laughs> supposed to you know just hang out listen to some music mhm and um uh, and engage in other activities yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i wonder how much was the the water at the first woodstock was <sighs> there bottled water then nah Mm-mm. okay
2: Nah, they drank from jugs. Probably,
0: (laughs) they brought it in jugs and drank from that. (laughs) Um, so uh, well, let's look at let's look at the Woodstock '94 uh, list. Now, this was on pay per view, I believe, Mm -hmm. and um, of course, you know, MTV promoted it and all that. Rolling Stone, uh, there were some sponsors, Uh, there were some. People who were at the some acts who were at the original Woodstock that performed at the second one, uh, including the band
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Santana, Joe Cocker, Country Joe McDonald, John Sebastian. the surviving members of Sweetwater, who had a VH1 original movie that had uh, the actress who played the pink power ranger. In, oh, original, I do remember. OK, I remember ranger. that. Uh, it also had Crosby, Stills and Nash. Uh, some members of Jefferson airplane and Bob Weir from the grateful dead was there. Um, so yeah. Um, basically if you look at the, just look at the Wikipedia article for Woodstock 94, uh, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> these are people who were there. Mm-hmm. These people performed on these days, um, and these people were there too. Um, and then here's some behind the scenes stories that were of note. And like really kind um, of just
2: looking at the the um the the, the lineup. There were some flavor of the moments there, like Delamitri Amitri.
0: Oh, for Woodstock '94, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Delamitri Blues Traveler, yeah, um, delight. Violent
2: films, Yeah, like there were some very, like, you know, flavor of
0: the week. Delight.
2: Wow. Yeah. Uh,
0: (laughs) Blind Melon. Yeah. And according to this, uh, the lead singer, Shannon Hoon, performed there in his his girlfriend's dress while tripping on LSD. Hmm. Fun. Um, Who else we got here? Uh, Cranberries. Uh, Arrested Development. Yeah. Spin Doctors. Mm-hmm. Porno for Pyros, which was, that was Perry. Perry Farrell's mm-hmm. band.
2: Yeah, that was his side project thing. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it was a very interesting lineup there. And Peter Gabriel closed the festival. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Sisters of Glory, featuring Thelma Houston, C. C. Penniston, Phoebe Snow, Mavis Staples, and Lois Walden.
1: Hmm,
2: is that a super a super group? I'm putting up the air quotes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that was their, their uh, gospel uh, gospel super group, Basically, mm-hmm. um, they also performed for the Pope.
2: Um, was C. C. Peniston really gospel though? Because she did. Um yeah, she did like some house music. She did that yeah. finally well, song. Her
0: and well, she did house music, and Thelma Houston did disco. Yeah, they came back home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, they performed at Woodstock. And um, oh crap, I see traffic too. Um,
2: that was Steve Winwood's band.
0: Huh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so. With Woodstock '94, is pretty straightforward. It's been twenty five years. Twenty five is the the magic number to celebrate something, and um, yeah. So it was it was pretty straightforward. There was I like, okay. They didn't expect that m- it's that many people to arrive. People brought their own food, and there's always an issue with that hmm. with bringing in your own stuff. <laughs> um, so. Uh, that was really the main issue <laughs> yeah. uh, with Woodstock 94. And I believe it was on, on pay-per-view and it was pretty straightforward. Now, mm-hmm. Woodstock 99, the 30-year anniversary. That was a little different. <laughs> just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, um, actually, Woodstock 94 was not on pay-per-view. I thought it was. But Woodstock 99,
2: however, was on pay-per-view.
0: Was on pay per view, also covered by MTV. Mm, you know, I, I, that's where it started, man. What MTV got involved in this? You think <laughs> <laughs> MTV in the late nineties? Um, I I, I was, it was it was it was a little ratchet,
1: well, a I little mean, bit.
2: It was I wouldn't say necessarily ratchet. It was just out of control. Like it was. It was kind of a preview of what was to come, you know, TRL with the shorter videos, like it was just a, it was, you know, like this is going to be,
0: this is the ADD generation was being formed. And with, um, with Woodstock 94, okay. You had, you know, the, the folk artists, rock artists, the pop rock artists, um, some house or techno artists. Mm-hmm. They added that. That's where D Light and Apex twin. Mm-hmm. Uh Kevin Saunderson, one of the fathers of uh Detroit Techno. Um and uh Orbital. You know. So you had you added some dance music. Mm-hmm. That's probably for the for the late night people. <laughs> um and then you had some uh, and then some, you know, other artists, you know, the the ones that will cut up what kind of would have fit in in 1969. Yeah. Really like Blind Melon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, some bands I wouldn't you know. Well, they wouldn't necessarily fit in, but they probably would have they would fit in in 94 as far as people's musical taste have evolved and genres changed so like nine inch nails was there and metallica yeah. and aerosmith and melissa etheridge um so there was a there was a balance and there were hip-hop acts cypress hill salt and pepper arrested development mm-hmm. um, well i mean you had to have some people that were popular you know right so they had popular artists but there was a balance and it was a lot of different genres yeah you know, across uh, some different generations with Woodstock 99. Oh man.
2: Um, well, I mean, this was, they pretty- tried
0: to do that, but then, but the most popular bands were. Um, the most popular bands were the, I guess, part of the genre of the moment. Mm -hmm. which was new metal. So you're talking about corn and Lent Biscuit, Mm -hmm. but also like those who were like as popular at the time and kind of would, uh, went on tour with him if they did like the warp tour or the family values, family values tour. So that would include the offspring and lit. I want to think Ozfest was taking off around that time too. I think, think i'll check the date on that but um well was kid rock rage against the machine um yeah Osfest was around that around by then seven dust Godsmack, uh you know not to i mean not to blame them but the two biggest bands at the time were probably limp, uh, were and limp Korn. biscuit
2: and corn yeah those are the two mm-hmm. biggest rock bands i know um Rage Against the Machine was, getting, was gaining pop- like They were popular, but like I think Battle of Los Angeles was really, when I, they really kind of came into my sphere and um, with Guerrilla Radio. So, I mean, they weren't, a- at least a- as I recollect, as big. They weren't everywhere like Horn and Limp Biscuit were, but they were there, too. Like, they were gaining popularity. Um. Or I should say mainstream popularity, because... I'm pretty sure they have a fervent fan base. that would probably beat me up <laughs> if they heard yeah. me say that.
0: If we lumped if we lumped them in with as being new metal, then yeah, there's they're probably gonna be a problem. <laughs> I mean, hell, he got
2: mad when they lost that award. The bass player who climbed the um oh yeah, he climbed up on the
0: the thing at uh at MPB. the Etsy movie awards. Yeah, ah memories. Uh, I want to play this clip. Um, <laughs> what's funny is that they were. I'm trying to find the part to where uh, Jonathan Davis kind of blamed them. Well, one thing you brought up too <laughs> before you play that clip, I didn't realize that that Muse played that. They were on the emerging
2: artist stage.
0: Yeah, uh as far as um yeah, yeah I, I takes it been that that Muse had played there. I was trying to see could, with the emerging artists, was there anybody else I had actually heard of that played there and um uh Fatboy Slim was on the emerging artist stage and uh Moby uh, Bijou Phillips, who is an actress. <laughs> I didn't know she was a singer.
2: Huh, I didn't know that either.
0: But she is the daughter of, uh, of, um, okay, she's connected to the mamas and the papas somehow. Okay. She's the daughter or granddaughter or something. She's connected to, to, so she has a musical pedigree, I guess. Um, you know, yeah. so I'm, and I'm
2: seeing also that Vertical Horizon played there, so maybe that's why their singer was such aloof, um, mm. as if he needed no. Well, oh, like
0: oh, like... on the Rock
2: Boat, like we all right. So the, this band that <laughs> I was in, we played, we played the Rock Boat, and Vertical Horizon, like the well, the Rock Boat is is always headlined by Sister Hazel. They started it, but they'll bring on other bands as well. And one of the bands they brought on was, of course, you know, the <laughs> Vertical Horizon. Um because they're everything you want. Yeah. <laughs> and their lead singer, who I believe his name is Matt Scallions. Let me look that up real quick. Um it's not Keith Kane because he's the other guy. Maybe it was Ed Toth. I, I, I can't remember. Um point is he's not that important. Oh, Matt Matt Scannell. Matt Skinell. Yeah, Matt Scannell Um yeah, alright, that's why I was I was looking at past members. He's the only person left. He's the only original member left, and he makes it all about him now. He's extremely tall and pale, and he looks like a knockoff Billy Corgan. And um, on this boat, a- according to um, Matt, who's our drummer, who we-, we have to have him on at, at some point because yeah, he has yeah. so many stories. Um, he um, he worked for Sixth Man, which runs this thing. And he said that initially Matt Scannell asked for security to be with him on the boat because <laughs> he thought he was going to get mobbed by people. And they said by like the second day, he realized nobody cared.
0: (laughs) You realize how long it took for him to figure out who was the lead singer of Vertical Horizon? Horizon? All I I know is he's tall and bald. I told my (laughs) boss that story. He was like,
2: the guy from Flock of Seagulls, right? I was like, no, man. (laughs) See? (laughs) I was like, no, Vertical Horizon. But yeah, same difference. And it was like, I got to meet the bass player. I didn't get to meet Matt Scannell because, you know, he's so famous. Um, But I did meet the bass player. And just got to talk to her and, and you know, she was like, oh, are you guys here? I'm like, yeah, we're kind of like the, one of the cover bands here, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, you know, mm. are you guys ever going to play in Atlanta? She's like, well, you know, if Matt lets us, you know, he's so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she was like a doctor. Like, Matt's such a great guy. And, you know, if he lets us come down to Atlanta, yeah, what are you playing? And I'm just like, after, after I saw the performance where um, he had the rhythm guitar player's guitar down so low that you could barely hear it. I was like, "All right, this is just the Matt Scanell band. <laughs> this is not Vertical Horizons. <laughs> this is just the Matt Scanell band, and they're just here to serve his ego." And it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Um, but the guys from Verti- from Such Hazel were awesome. They were very nice. We came and drank with them, and they were really cool. But that Matt Scanell and his security detail—oh, <laughs> <laughs> god! When he 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 went he went out on the boat. I, he went out on um to shore. And just like shorts and a t—no, sh- shorts and like a Hawaiian shirt. I'm like, bruh, cover up. Here's <laughs> you are as white <laughs> as, as the side of the ship. Like you need to cover up, man. <laughs> You're gonna burn.
0: Um. <clears throat> okay, so, <laughs> um, with Woodstock '99, performed at the uh, uh, Rome, New York. Yeah. Upstate. At the former Griffiths Air Force Base. And there was about 500 New York State police troopers hired for additional security.
2: Might not have been enough. (laughs) In retrospect. Yeah. I mean, and it also just reading up on it too. the two stages were like so far. They're like a mile and a half apart across Tarback. Um, Very little shade. Temperatures got up to 100 degrees. Yeah. So I mean it, it sounded miserable which I I didn't realize and I guess shame on me I didn't realize it could get that hot in New York.
0: Um this was in in July. Yeah. Um you know I I've, I've been in Connecticut in the summer and it can get it can get hot and humid. I mean but compared to Georgia it's not yeah. really the same mm-hmm. but it can get up there. That's crazy. Uh so in the Northeast yeah, it can get it can get hot. Um yeah with like with the festival with mm-hmm. with festival okay yeah you want to have multiple stages yeah but they're supposed to be close enough to where they're not going to like distract each other yeah i i think someone overestimated that <laughs> this sounds going to travel so far man. they need to be like a mile apart man yeah. <laughs> Like, How about a mile and a half, just to be safe. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they smoked weed. <laughs> All right, so they walk across the grass. No, man, no, no, no. <laughs> no, that'll take too long, man. And snakes and rats, yeah, and yeah. Hawks and bugs and yeah. And they make it like, like they're like they're they're at an airport or something. <laughs> And they're walking towards the plane like they're famous, like everybody can be famous, man. I don't think it was weed. (laughs) This might have been LSD kind of idea. Uh, Well, of course, as with every festival, people are prohibited from bringing food and water. Well,
2: officially, they say they weren't. The festival says they weren't, but many concert goers say they were. So they could sell them twelve dollar pizzas. Twelve dollar slices of pizza. And
0: four dollar bottles oh. of water. Which doesn't which sounds reasonable today. Day? Yeah. But today, if that concert would on today, that bottle of water would be twelve dollars. Yeah, that was near, that was almost twenty years ago. <laughs> if you think about
2: that, oh God. That was twenty years ago. Man, red hot chili pepper's still putting out work.
0: <laughs> Man. While some of these artists while, not. were like, Where's Limb Biscuit today? Yeah. Um also uh well that well with the prices of of the of the um concessions mm-hmm. Uh people were um,
2: not happy. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, I read a story where, you know, people would try to go to their free water But the lines there were so long, people got sick of wedding, so they just broke the pipes to get to the water. It's just like, just wilding out, man.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, During Kid Rock's set, he asked that the crowd throw bottles of water at the stage. Yeah. (laughs)
2: And as a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the, well, no, never mind, because that was out, that was indoors. There was a concert in his Only God Knows Why video. Where someone threw something at him and hit him. It's kind of funny. <laughs> and I like Kid Rock a lot, but that was kind of funny. <laughs> uh,
0: of course, the toilets weren't good enough. No, I, I think let us know. I, I'm I'm doing anything to encourage interaction. Yeah. Okay. Let us know if, uh, if there's any festival you went to where the toilets were decent. Well,
2: you know, I have a friend who I believe has gone to Bonnaroo twice. I might talk to her to see if she'd be willing to come on here and describe her experiences because she told us a little bit about it, and it sounded like you got to rough it. Like, unless you have money. Now, granted, this was 20 years ago, but with Bonnaroo, you got to have money to be comfortable.
0: That sounds like the same deal at Tomorrow World. Yeah, you got to have money if you're going to be comfortable. You can... (laughs) At Tomorrow World, they try to make it look like summer camp, (laughs) but you have to... um, you're you're paying you okay. You can pay to just go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, to go for that particular day, or to go, to go every day. But if a half a million, three quarter a billion people oh mm-hmm. well three quarter of a million people excuse yeah, me that be a lot of people, <laughs> three quarter of a million people are going are all going to be there on one particular day. Mm-hmm. Then you got to consider parking. Mm-hmm. You got to consider like who you want to see and. You know, you gotta get there when they're gonna be there. Yeah. Um okay, so you wanna do it like that and then you can go home because you can you you don't live that far away. Yeah. Because it's it's in the middle of nowhere Georgia. Georgia, yeah. <laughs> so uh if you want to stay there, you can buy a, a tent. Well, no, you can buy you can buy a tent, but you can but what you're purchasing with tomorrow world is a spot to use that tent. Oh, God. <laughs> um, So you can do that. Or if you want to get, you know, what look like luxury tents, mm-hmm. you can share it with another person. Um, I mean, how much those go for, though? Do you know? Like, for if you're staying for the whole time, maybe somewhere between 800 and 1500. God, you kidding me? No, I'm not. <laughs> Jesus. No, thanks. Um, and in those tents, in those luxury tents, they have uh, electrical outlets.
2: Oh, that's pretty bomb. All right. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> and
0: and and lockers. So you can charge your phone? <laughs> you can charge your phone and not get your stuff stolen. By people on LSD and ecstasy. Now, the next level up. There's another level? <laughs> there's a next level up to where, uh, yeah, you're by the pool uh you get a drink allowance i believe and uh, you can use regular bathrooms now with the luxury tents mm-hmm. and the 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 spot for your own tent mm-hmm. um yeah they got you know the porta potties no thanks they got the communal looking showers Ugh. but if you want to live how you have been accustomed to you know living in your own in house or apartment <laughs> Uh, first world style yeah. with you know your own bathroom and shower. You you, you got to pay for that here Jeez. if you if you want that for the you know for these couple of days. Ugh. Um, but you get to be by the pool, you get <laughs> hors d'oeuvres, you get a drink allowance. That's but it's probably in the you're thousands not that far from dollars. the stage. It's probably, so it, of course, it's thousands of dollars. Who's doing that though? The the
2: average man cannot do that. That is for the one percent. <laughs> yes, I took it there. <laughs> All right, so you, so you got that. Um, So I, I imagine, though, none of this was present at Woodstock 99. Like, it doesn't sound like any of this Well, was.
0: at Woodstock 99, there were toilets, but there were, you know, there were portable toilets and showers. Yeah. But it wasn't enough.
2: I, I would have just stand, stood out there in my own funk. Like, I just, like, <laughs> I ain't got no patience.
0: Yeah. Um, And with the with uh, the free water line or anything like that people were frustrated so they so like you said they broke the pipes and that's why that's where all the mud came from mud stock
2: with the nickname
0: and uh so you had that yeah so this kind of makes me like uh, a friend and i were considering going to tomorrow world last year oh for real and (laughs) (laughs) would you go see um I don't know who I would have gone to see Uh, my opinion about David Guetta has changed. I know he was there. (laughs) Um, I think Shaq was there. He did a, he did a DJ set. Okay. That's different. Um, Yeah. I mean, there were some names that I, I don't remember who was, who was on there. I'm not going to look it up either, Okay, (laughs) but uh, because we like to get your tickets, they had a payment plan. Mm hmm but you had to put up so much up front. Like if you wanted like the, the pool with the drinks and the, yeah. you know, the regular showers and bathrooms, mm-hmm. uh, it was like you had to pay like maybe three to $500 at a time. And look, I know some people who have gone, yeah. um, a girl I met where we were, uh, we were both movie extras for a TV movie that had Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. <laughs> um, <Nice. laughs> uh, uh, she's gone to Tomorrow World a couple of times. Okay. And she enjoys she she found the worth in it, you know. Uh, she found it worth going to. So, like, for someone like her or anybody who went, like, I don't blame you, but <laughs> if you're not used to going to music festivals like that, mm-hmm. like I am, you gotta make some tough choices. Yeah, right? that's the thing.
2: I'm I've gone to like a couple of festival like performances, not where I had to like, you know, stay overnight or something like that. And I, I like I saw Fuel like that, and I saw Muse. That's enough for me. <laughs> like I just I can't be surrounded by thousands of people standing up for hours. Just like uh, I, I want to go to like the tabernacle. Like <laughs> I want a seat.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah I like going to the you know the veins Atlanta. I like going to tabernacle. I yeah. want I want to be up front. Uh, yeah. I saw um, when I went to see the foreign exchange at. Um, uh, terminal west mm-hmm. i was right up front like i I mean i don't mind standing yeah if they, if it's just you know they have an opening act or if it's just them mm-hmm. that's fine it's for a couple of hours Yeah, you can do that it's easy
2: oh i saw when i saw eagles at verizon wireless like i don't i don't mind that but like i saw muse f- the weekend of the final four and <laughs> centennial <laughs> olympic park and it was a cluster like it was <sighs>
0: when i saw I, when i saw charles gambino at the masquerade yeah uh, concluding when I got there and got in line up until the end of the show, seven hours had passed of just standing in one place. God. Um, and then because like where I parked, it was like, okay, if you get here, if you're here for the show, you can park here. Yeah. You know, as long as show us your ticket for the show and there's a shuttle. To take you from here to the venue. Yeah. There was only one bus. Oh. And it was like the parking lot could hold like at least 300 cars. (laughs) So um, (laughs) with only one bus. And if you miss the first bus, who knows how long it's going to (laughs) take to to come back. (laughs) So. After standing in one place for six, seven hours, now I'm walking, like, two and a half miles back oh, to God. my car. <laughs> that doesn't seem very far, right? But when you've been standing... For six <laughs> hours. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I, I, that was just for um, one show. Because everyone... The show started at 7. I got there at 4.30. Like, okay, I know there's going to be a lot of people, but maybe I'll be able to be one of the first people there. And (laughs) I want to like, I want to be as close to the front of the stage as possible.
2: Not even close.
0: I was probably like 50 feet back, which sounds kind of kind of (laughs) close. But with being in a mosh pit for that long, you know. Um, yeah, it is a,
2: there's a mosh pit of the childish Gambino show. Well, it, it
0: it turned into one. <laughs> like people Gambino. like trying to like get close and like pushing people around. Like oh, yeah. you got to push people off you. You worry about if somebody's going to try to reach in your pocket. Yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> was this outside of the masquerade?
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like, inside is kind of small, but okay. I know what you mean.
0: Um, so yeah, and that and he didn't have well he had an opening act it was a DJ um, who played probably longer than he expected to, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, yeah even for that like I'm, I am I am terrified of going to music festivals yeah, it just because is... like if it's I want to be comfortable yeah um, while there. And not have to feel like I have to make, like, decisions. (laughs) Make really, really important decisions for the sake of seeing my favorite artists.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, that Muse show, don't get me wrong, that was one of the best shows I've ever seen. But, man, like, we got, I mean, I was in the same boat as you. We got there that afternoon. um, Had the misfortune of seeing Flo Rida. Um, But, you know, like, I think we waited about five or six hours just, like, walking around. Like we we went there and came back and then we you know left again and came back and um it was it was just crazy and like yeah we weren't all that close to the stage they're very small people so we had to watch like mostly mon- videos uh well not videos but like you know monitors or whatever um and the power went out like <laughs> during the show <laughs> it was crazy um, all from Muse if if you happen to hear this I had a good time it was good when you guys came to Atlanta
0: it was good. Um- not to make this just a total episode about music festivals <laughs> uh, to get back to talking about the Woodstock um, Woodstock 99. With Woodstock 99 uh, the reason I it became as infamous as it did and why it was a topic uh, idea for us. Um, uh, some people have dubbed it, you know, the day the nineties died. Um, there's no American pie, new no. American pie version of it though. Uh, but violence sprang up during the Saturday performance during the weekend of Limp Bizkit mm-hmm. and uh, people started tearing the plywood, which was like the 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 gate around yeah. <laughs> you during a, a Limp Biscuit song called Break Stuff. Yeah. And that was kind of the that fit the beginning, <laughs> the beginning of the end. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, and it was. It, what's what's weird, re- it's like it would be hard to investigate just because it was so many people, people Yeah, were all the sexual assaults that were reported.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um I just thought that was uh I think that was like over like just a few years ago where I heard that kind of stuff happen. Like I I knew like people were like destroying stuff and it was just it was just yeah. disgusting. <clears throat> um But as far as sexual assaults and robberies and or, you know, any any violence that occurred yeah. rather than rioting, rioting uh, was something I learned about recently. Yeah. Um, well, with uh, and with Fred Durst, I, I get what he was trying to do. Yeah. And. But it like people weren't hearing it, it right? It didn't work. Like, yes. it was, <laughs> Like people were in the, already in a certain state of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, what I want to play is a clip from this documentary that was made. Um, basically, Jonathan Davis of Corn blames Limp Bizkit mm-hmm. <laughs> for the for what uh, what happened.
2: They came up together. Like that's that's pretty harrowing that he would say that. Pretty yeah. well, pretty telling, I should say.
0: Um, turn the volume up. And uh, I found this on YouTube. It seems like it's just a. I don't know what exactly this documentary is. Someone will let us know soon. Um, but uh, here we go.
3: For us too, it was crazy. I think it was the greatest show we ever played. Uh, it's Jonathan I ever Davis. Ever it was just amazing to play in front of 400,000 plus people and them all get it and be right there with us and feel what we were doing. It was amazing to see people jump in the music, and because there's so many people, seeing how the sound travels, seeing the waves as people jumping. and it was just ridiculous. Woodstock '99 was unforgettable. That was a pretty big moment. That was, a, that was the biggest. That's Fieldy in from Corn. <laughs> it was so intense, never done anything like that before. Still haven't. <laughs>
2: And they were they were literally on top of the world at
0: this point. Oh yeah.
3: We rocked that place that first night, and everybody had fun. The second night, L'Biscuit f***ed it up for everybody. <laughs> it really did.
1: You want the worst? Well, you got the worst.
0: That's Josie. The the old babe. No, that's Vern Troyer. Oh
2: God, that's Vern Troyer. My bad. Wrong, wrong small person. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really thought that was.
0: I mean, it was wild. There were people everywhere, and when we
3: finally went up to to play, it was like middle middle of the day, and it's we had a the. Bit. Best I have slot. never seen Living him look like this be before. That's West Borland. So that we yeah, up, West Borland
2: looking like he looks
0: normal. That accountant. <laughs> and it
3: was that wave of people bouncing as far as you could see, hundreds of thousands of people, and it was the most amazing adrenaline pumping moment that I've ever experienced, and I was so amped. And ready to rock, and we just did what we do. But I guess things started to go bad during, you know, our song break stuff. You know, it is what it is. It was just me doing my thing because during our performance, I saw people surfing on plywood. That's some tight right there. That crowd surfing on the plywood. I was like, that's amazing. How cool is that? I'm gonna go do it. So I jump down off the stage and I go in, out in the crowd and I'm telling them to bring the plywood over here and they're they're surfing it over and I get up on it and I'm just start rocking that on takes the plywood. You know, I'm I'm partying with you guys. You know, I wanna be out here in the crowd with you. This is amazing. I had no idea there was anything negative going on at all. You got job problems! You got a problem with me! I think they understood that I meant okay let's get rid of all that negativity so we can bring positive in that means start j- jumping you know jumping and singing it doesn't mean start raping and, and burning the place down that's definitely not what I meant Getting
0: off the stage and having some food. yeah, so <clears throat> um, that's kind of when it all yeah. it all turned <laughs> right
2: there. See, now I didn't realize that he actually got out there on the plywood. Yeah, um, and basically unknowingly, unwittingly, maybe encouraged him to break stuff. <laughs> And not just by playing the song, just by, you know, participating in. Uh, uh, that's crazy. What's the name of this documentary? I want to check this out.
0: Um,
2: I don't know. Should put a link to it on our page.
0: Yeah, it just says Woodstock 99, IT nine, fire, burn, riot, riots, flames, so Interview Someone who doesn't speak English <laughs> <laughs> made that. The subtitles are in... Aramaic? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's Aramaic. I want to say Russian, but it may be it's, uh, yeah. What looked so normal. He <laughs> like he sold insurance or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to see if there's a part where, um, one thing that was reported was, uh, Oh, well, hmm. anyway, one thing that was reported was that uh, the fire started breaking out while the Red Hot Chili Peppers played fire. <laughs> they uh, did a cover of Jimi Hendrix's fire. Anthony Kiedis said that Jimi Hendrix's sister requested that song, requested they play that song hmm. in honor of Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people say that, oh, that was that was a bad decision or something like that. But I think there was they they claimed that they were not playing it to encourage the crowd to start fires. But how how would that encourage people to start fires? So just playing fire by Jimi Hendrix, how that gonna encourage? Uh hey, look, man, sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I think at this point when people are are frustrated and When people are uncomfortable and there's unrest, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, on a larger scale, that's how Donald Trump has happened. (laughs) Not to make not to not to get political. (laughs) Yeah. Not to get political, but sometimes people when they're feeling a certain way, like they can be triggered by really anything. Mm -hmm. So if you want to, if you, if you want to, break stuff down and then you hear a song called break stuff, I'm going to break stuff. You know, if you, if you're on the verge of, you know, setting something on fire and you hear a song called fire, or you just, it's basically just hearing the word fire because mm-hmm. the, the song fire is not about, about burning things. things. Yeah, it's not, yeah. <laughs> uh, the song break stuff is about, you know, getting out negative energy because mm-hmm. everyone has a bad day and, and they're, you know, they're, they're angry and they feel rage. Mm -hmm. So it's about getting out negative energy, but, um, some people take that stuff. Literally, they take it to heart. And when you have a a lot of people who have been out here all day, it's hot. Um, they weren't expecting water to be $4. They're hungry. Probably. They didn't know they, they wanted to see one band over here and then this other band over here, but they had to walk a mile and a half and through, you know, it says 200,000 people, but it was probably like half a million people yeah. who attended. You know, people were frustrated. Um, and uh, apparently during the Chili Pepper set, an audio tower caught on fire. Mm-hmm. And people jumped over the fence. Uh, there wasn't enough police, yeah. you know. And when all that's going on with the rioting going on, and then, you know. At every festival, there's someone, there's some woman on top of somebody's shoulders and she takes her top off and hey, that's supposed to be all fun and good and and, and it's supposed to be funny, Mm -hmm. but people who are mad, (laughs) who are frustrated, they may have a different mindset. So, you know, not to, that was... I hope someone doesn't take that as victim blame, because that's not what it was. <laughs> I'm just saying people think we'll see something different. Uh, 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 completely opposite of, of the intent, mm-hmm. uh, because some people just think that way. And depending on what their mindset is, uh, that kind of stuff can can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was just a woman like crowd surfing during the Lit- yeah. biscuit said I don't know if she took her top off or anything. It doesn't say.
2: But, but they pulled her down, but they pulled her
0: down. Yeah. And she was assaulted. Um, and during Corn's performance, there was another assault there. So, mm-hmm. uh, with these reports, I'm not sure how many exact reports there were, but just the, the fact that these things occurred, occurred, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I don't know what that was, but, uh, just the fact that these things occurred, um, will bring some unwanted attention or or unwanted the the reputation of this festival uh is changed yeah you know um and it may have ruined the reputations of lip biscuit and yeah. and corn i don't think they even though they recovered. really yeah they had nothing to do with what happened mm mm-hmm. mhm um, but yeah, it, it, it they yeah they never really recovered from it. Uh, I think Limp well Limp Bizkit came out with another album which was successful. Top, yeah. Uh, Korn came out with a, a couple of albums, mm-hmm. but I think the fascination with new metal kind of, Winged, yeah, yeah, over the next three years, that it just kind of you know yeah, they got just kind of phased out, and mm-hmm. what was it like. I was thinking of like all the, the, some of the new metal bands that, that we heard during that time, like Cornel and Biscuit were, you know, at the top, Mm -hmm. but there was also, remember, um, uh, head P E. Oh yeah. I remember them. (laughs) Uh, crazy town. Yeah. (laughs) No, there were
2: some other, yeah, there were some bands who didn't quite have the footprint. (laughs) They didn't make enough money to survive, not
0: being relevant for a while. Um, and P O P O D. Oh. POD was was kind of in that group, but mm-hmm. they've kind of had their they're kind of off doing their own thing now. I mean, they're not as popular as they were, but, you yeah. know, they're they're probably still around. Um, but, yeah, this was. Uh, with this with this, it's like this was it. And what was interesting is that, OK, it had all of these. All these metal and rock and punk acts and mm-hmm. some hip hop acts d m x was there yeah um third base
2: yeah
0: yeah that's that's an interesting choice uh but anyway <laughs> i mean in nineteen ninety nine third base in nineteen ninety nine if it was like ninety one ninety two okay mm-hmm. but in ninety nine i yeah who wouldn't even know they were still around um buck cherry yeah the roots insane clown posse george clinton you know they were there uh but i mean as far as <clears throat> uh there were some there were some hip hop acts but the um a lot of rock acts and really a few the, folk acts the one act that doesn't seem to fit and they were actually on the album bruce hornsby yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what? How did how does he how does Bruce Holmes be fit into this? Why did no one interview him <laughs> for this documentary? He, he probably got out
2: of Dodge. He was like, This is going to hell. <laughs> uh and right. that's just the way it is. <laughs> hell, um, oh. and he got I out of there. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm I'm gonna go.
2: But like I, I see Guster on there. Um this is I mean like honestly, I would have liked to have been there, but I probably wouldn't have liked to have been there.
0: <laughs> oh, I I mm, nope. Like as, I'm sure as, it was as a I was a fan of a few of these bands, but yeah. like no. Nah, I I couldn't I couldn't. Some of them on. gave pretty
2: bad performances now. Like we went back and watched um I went back and watched Offspring. They were very good. They were young. They played too
0: fast. Um Yeah. Let's play the Offspring as far as their. Uh,
2: I can't remember okay. the name
0: of the song that it was that we watched, but it was pretty bad. Well, this is this is on the. Uh, this is on the the Woodstock '99 album. Okay,
2: this is their big sing. I remember this. Ah, this is taking me back. Americana <laughs>
0: <laughs> I heard the song uh, Pretty Fly for a White Guy and that was the first I'd ever heard of them okay. but they had been around for a while yeah I think the
2: first thing I heard by them was probably self esteem <laughs> but I heard it right before this see now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to let some people in on a little secret, because I think this might be what happened here, because I've seen these videos and they don't sound this good. One thing that a lot of artists like to do with a live album, they'll go into a studio and they'll... they'll like Recreate it? Yeah. Well, not even recreate it, like, but they might like take out their vocals and redo them, or they might touch them up. Same thing with instruments, so I want to see the video of this to see if it sounds this good, because they don't normally do it with videos, but with recordings yeah, like, they'll go into the studio and, like, actually, like, kind of retouch up uh, a live performance on a record.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Because, oh, heard a bad note there. <laughs> but I'm just wondering, like, if some of this, because, like, Dexter's vocals actually sound decent to good. And I'm just, I'm wondering, like, if they're like, yeah, get him in the studio and, like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, sorry we didn't play enough music here. We talked about music festivals but um well, whatever
2: festivals in general are interesting
0: yeah, yeah. <clears throat>
2: and this was this just happened to be one that went to hell like quite literally like it went down in flames <laughs> yeah.
0: and what's interesting like it was it had the the that notoriety that controversy at the time mm-hmm. of it going to hell and other festivals that go to um a, a, a recent festival that went to hell. That's why I think it didn't happen this year is tomorrow world or is it, I heard it was canceled, but then I'm now I'm not so sure. So what happened at tomorrow world? Uh, well there was, um, it was more like logistics, logistics problems. Okay. Uh, as far as people couldn't get like the, as far as parking, they couldn't get out mm. or they, um, Let's see. Uh, Yeah, it's not happening this year. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The. Trying to see if there was a company that did it. Uh, It was a company called SFX and they went bankrupt. Oh, Uh, so the festival was canceled. Pretty much, uh oh, also, with tomorrow world, this was last year, uh there was bad weather,, mm. and so with there being bad weather and it being outside, that means mud <laughs> and and then people also had a hard time uh getting in getting there, okay um they restricted shuttle services uh I know last year, like this is when I first started driving for uber mm-hmm. and there were people going from they were driving to what was this Chattahoochee Chattahoochee Hills mm-hmm. driving all the way down there to pick up one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You make $60, but it wasn't worth the $60 or mm-hmm. however much it was to, uh, to go down there just to pick up one person because you had to get down there and find the person. And if it's over half a million people, mm-hmm. Oh God. <laughs> You're That's trying a to nightmare. find one person <clears throat> and also consider that if it had been raining, then they're probably muddy and they're going to mess up your car. Yeah. So they, so they're going to be mad because they don't actually have that $200 or whatever the fee was going to be. Mm-hmm. If they, if they mess you know, up your car, if yeah. they mess up your car. Um, so yeah, I probably would not have done that. <laughs> um, and there was people who, like I said, you, you did have the option of just going for that day and or or if you just wanted to go, go home and then come back the next day or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have that option. But some people could not get off the grounds mm-hmm. and beca- and they couldn't because there was a park. There was parking, but you were shuttled to the stages. Yeah. And if you didn't have. If they if they restricted shuttle services because of weather. And you couldn't get a ride from the stages to your car. You had to hike uh, miles or a couple miles, maybe a few miles Mm -hmm. to where maybe there's. If you didn't drive there to your car, or if you, well, I mean, if you didn't, if you weren't able to, if you drove there, uh, you would hike to your car, or if you didn't. If you couldn't get a shuttle mm-hmm. to get to um, to get out of there or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> now there are these taxis and Uber <clears throat> drivers. Hmm. That sounds awful. I, I know like the base, the the base price, if you were going from there just into Atlanta mm-hmm. was $60 at least. Jeez. And it probably I don't think it was that far a drive. It'll probably be like maybe twenty dollars well, on a normal price day. Though. Well, yeah, I mean it's a it's a surge, but they they had like a ba- it's going to be at least this wherever we're taking you. It's mm-hmm. going to be at least sixty dollars. Mm. So, I mean, some people had yeah, people had an issue with it, and if they were muddy and <laughs> they mess up the car, wow, <laughs> mess up the car. Huh. But like, I'm not, I can't just go and clean this. Yeah. Well, you should have had like tarp or something. Like, mm -mm. look, Uber (laughs) wasn't prepared for it either. (laughs) Yeah, it It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, but with uh, with Tomorrow World, I mean they end, um, and yeah, and but basically, it did. It didn't happen this year because the company who owned the the festival went bankrupt. Hmm. So, um. Uh with Woodstock ninety nine, man, like the coverage with MTV and, and all the sponsors and all the um just all the issues. What, what was what's interesting is that nothing has really changed as far as that goes, as far as like pricing mm-hmm. and uh the simple things you you can be gouged for, you know, some of the simplest uh, concessions, yeah, I mean, water was four dollars at woodstock ninety nine and that was a problem, yeah, <laughs> and now it's gonna be like twelve yeah. <laughs> somewhere um, but it was this is i think all in all, this was just a this was a certain time, like all these bands, if you listen to these bands now mm-hmm. like it's all very dated, yeah. Uh, nothing really holds up as far as anybody's sound. I mean, you know, I, I still listen to Quai every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, or I, I, G-Love and Special Sauce is in Atlanta. I have a show here like every six weeks, it <laughs> seems like. <laughs> Somebody featuring G-Love Love and Special, Special Sauce, Sauce or they're headlining somewhere in Atlanta. You know, um, and some people have gone on to great things, The Roots. Yeah.
2: I still can't believe Muse was there. That's crazy. I didn't and, realize they went back that far.
0: Yeah. I, now you're going to meet a lot of people like we were talking about with Wilt Chamberlain's hundred point game. Oh, so I a lot of people there. I saw Muse at Woodstock '99. Get God. out of here! <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to claim that they saw Muse there. Um. And then the, just, but some of the acts that were like, yeah, they're dating out. They like said, well, the offspring, corn, mm-hmm. lit, lit biscuit. Creed, yeah, Godsmack, mm-hmm. uh, Bush, oh yeah, they're very dated. Live, the Brian Setzer Orchestra.
2: Oh God, he was he was dated Remember back the, then, kind of. <laughs> but he had like the swing revival, yeah. yeah Them four nut the, zippers <laughs> and and uh, the big bad uh, Voodoo Daddy and yeah,
0: uh, Cherry Pop and Daddy. Cherry Pop, yeah. that's
2: who did Zoot right? Zoot yeah. Cherry Pop and Daddy, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh the only one from that group is Brian's Orchard. That was on the album. Yeah. But yeah, when uh what was that? song? Jump Jive and Whale. Well? Mm-hmm. That was <laughs> Oh man. Um I don't know you could
2: call that a revival when like there was only like there was a handful of bands and only like a couple of hits. <laughs> like that's not a that's not a revival, man. Yeah. Uh
0: who else was there? Jewel, Everclear. Oh man, Cheryl
2: Crow. I love me some Cheryl Crow. She puts on a good show. Our Lady Peace. Oh, Canada's best. Not Canada's best, but they're they're good. They're good.
0: Uh, Buck Cherry. Oh man. Um, and then Bruce Hornsby, of course. (laughs) Uh, In the middle of all this ratchetness, this racket. (laughs) Bruce Hornsby. All right, so. like I said, it's probably not as in-depth as we wanted to get, but hey, we gave you something, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> so I want to get to my earworm of the week before we get out of here. And um, I heard this song uh, um, a couple of days ago, and it was on, it was actually on his EP. It's not on his album. It's uh, Stephen A. Clark. Oh, okay. I remember him. Um, Lonely Roller, right? Yeah. That was his bi- okay, that was a song I by him. Yeah. And he had an EP before that called Late, uh, which had Lonely Roller and Just Ride, which are on. Nope, Lonely Roller is the only one that made it to the album. So it had three songs. Two of them were not on the album. And one of these that were not on the album was called Seashore. Uh, I like this song just because it was um, uh, I guess I, I like the, the melody of it and. Um, it's pretty straightforward and it had like it has like a like a house disco beat and the song's actually kind of sad, though, <laughs> <laughs> but I still liked it. So uh, this is Seashore by Stephen A. Clark. Shore by Stephen A. Clark from his EP Late and you can also find it of course on our BTTYHT earworms playlist on Spotify alright so I like that we have come to the end of the show Ben. yeah Uh, we powered through this man yeah (laughs) (laughs) we talked about other things we got music festival (laughs) talk out of it I'm I'm terrified of going to music festivals um I'm I I do not regret not going to what appears to be the last tomorrow world festival
2: I keep saying Tomorrowland that's a place at Disney World yeah this Tomorrow World World.
0: just like how Disneyland and Disney World are two different so they'll get sued (laughs) (laughs) um so uh yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna see if you remember how can you how can you uh interact with us, Ben. How how can, how can the people interact with our podcast?
2: We're on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Um, we have a Gmail account by the time you hear this at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at by the time you hear this with the letter U instead of the word because, because we're over it. Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) Just like Corey Feldman. Oh,
2: yeah
0: <laughs> fake Michael Jackson want to be um Ugh. so yeah uh, you also subscribe to our podcast guess, on yeah. iTunes and Podomatic um, I was trying to say iTunes weird but it didn't come out right oh. yeah okay yeah scratch that uh, yeah I didn't, catch, I didn't catch that at all yeah but maybe someone else did Yeah. so we're gonna leave it in there yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, we appreciate the feedback. I I appreciate the people who follow us. Um, what we, what I want to look into is I'm going to check out all these, uh, independent artists they with the SoundCloud <laughs> accounts that are following us or liking our pictures on our, um, on our podcast Instagram. So I'm going to look into that and, and, you know, check out, check out what they have and, uh, um, and, and yeah, just give some some feedback on their music, whether they value it or not. <laughs> and we may reach out to them, and and so we may get some of these people to to talk to us and talk about the the projects that they work on and influences and 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 you know give interviews. We're we can we can be kind of kind of journalists we with journalists. this <laughs> journalists. <was> like, what? <laughs> Uh, well that would require us being more prepared. I mean, I, th- I think that would be more of a problem for me than for you. <laughs> but yeah, we do need to be more prepared for it or something like that. But hey, it's still something. We we we're, we're still trying to figure out what this is mm-hmm. <laughs> or what what it can be. Um oh, well look, we have both been busy. But uh the, the, the website is still in the works. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a, th-
2: well, I have a theme like the one that we talked about. I don't want to yeah, spoil yeah, it for anyone. Yeah. Um, It's going to be a three parter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there, there, there's some ideas. Um, I know Ben wants that, the, the first piece to be right. Yes. So, uh, and it, it's not necessarily timely. I mean, it's, it's, it's can I say that it's like a history lesson of Sort sorts? of. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a, it's a history, which is all I've ever, what I've kind of wanted to be for a while. I want to be a pop music historian anyway. So this is just me getting to live that out.
0: And so there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, uh, it's still in the works. So yeah, that's all, that's all we can tell you right now. Uh, there, there's, it, it can, it can be something, something special. So we don't want to give too much away right now, but, um, uh, it's something that, that definitely I think everyone would look forward to. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really cool
1: mm-hmm.
0: and integrating with the, with the podcast. Who knows what this can really turn into. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's going to do it for the show, man. All right. Uh, thank you everyone for listening, Uh, who has been listening and downloading. And I think with, uh through Podomatic, maybe they'll probably gonna be featuring us a little bit more so we'll get a few more downloads a few yeah. new fans I, I really hope so um tell your friends about it um I also like to send a shout out to the Switch style podcast uh which is a kind of a podcast uh similar to ours to okay. where they they talk about music and, and news and everything. Um I met uh Jay through at the, at my radio station job to where, um, uh, well, everyone calls him nephew. So somebody, Mm -hmm. somebody in that show, that, that show that I work on is his uncle, Mm -hmm. I think, (laughs) or maybe it's just like a nephew, like how black people call others nephew. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's that kind of thing, but, but, uh, everybody over there is cool. Um, but Jay hosts the podcast and I got to talk to him and I told him about my podcast so he's he subscribed to our podcast okay. and um he told me about his I didn't know the name of it <laughs> and I didn't I didn't I didn't know his last name so I didn't know like what to search for but um I found out about it yesterday subscribed and listened to their most uh their most recent episode uh that's where I got the solange fact about, from mm. them <laughs> okay uh which I thought was pretty cool so um Shout out to them. Uh, Shout out to everybody listening. And uh, we're going to end the show with something from Woodstock 99. The the album um, with something that we could go with here. You know what? Um, We're going to go with we're going to go with. What did Bruce? H- well, you know. I was gonna what, ask: no. Is he on here? He's on the album. I should we play Bruce Hornsby? I, I will never say not play Bruce Hornsby. <laughs> okay, we're gonna play "Resting Place" by Bruce Hornsby. It's on. It's the last track on the second disc. <laughs> How many discs are there? There are two. Okay. So it's the last track on the second disc, and um, get this queued up. Thank you guys again for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: When you produce one of these shows, you know, there's some highlights and there's some glow lights. But one of the nicest things to do is to have one of your friends perform. Ladies and
0: gentlemen, one of the consummate musicians in the world today, Mr. Bruce Hornsby.